0: Health radio show. This is Dr. Susan Cobb and today I'm pleased to have back as my guest, Angela Kaufman. Today we're going to be discussing practical intuition for personal empowerment. Um, Angela's been on the show several times before. The um, archives at www.plasticos.com. We'll have her um, interviews if anybody's interested in um, her previous interviews, and we're pleased to have her back today. Welcome, Angela. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to
1: be back on the show.
0: So would you like to give your um, the listeners uh, a little bit of information um, regarding your maybe your website and uh, the services that you offer before we get started?
1: Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, my website is intuitiveangela.com. That's all one word. Um, And I offer a variety of services ranging from intuitive readings to intuitive-based coaching programs uh, and workshops and things like that. And although I do tarot readings and intuitive readings to guide other people, um, one of the big things that I'm really passionate about is helping other people to better develop their own sense of intuitive guidance so that at some point they don't really need me to uh, provide answers because they're able to tap into that for themselves. And that's what
0: some of what we'll be discussing today. I think um, the energies right now allow people to um, develop these skills, uh, say, much easier than years ago. Wouldn't you agree?
1: Absolutely. I think our our culture for the most part has become much more accepting. You hear it in um, regular everyday speech. People will say things like, I got a bad vibe about such and such or you know, this or that happened and I took it as a sign and maybe five, ten years ago you'd hear those conversations only in very specific circles and now you hear it pretty mainstream and you've got people who are sort of cultural icons, um, who are, who are endorsing these ideas, uh, and, and you go to uh, uh, corporations where they're talking about uh, trusting your gut for leadership. So I, I think it is becoming more widespread, and it's opening up a larger conversation. It's, it's validating for people that this isn't some fringe thing, um, and it's, it's creating more spaces for people from all walks of life to uh, look at how they're going to develop their own intuition. So yes, definitely.
0: And basically, the um, you know the spiritual aspect of this is understanding that we do have a, um, I guess a interdimensional, uh, I guess guidance system that we can tap into, um, and uh, probably get information that is not uh, available just in this third dimension, but other sources of. Um, uh, Information and guidance that pretty much everybody can learn to tap into. Um, a lot is educating one on how these um, these systems work and how to quiet your mind so that you're just not getting your own thoughts. You know, when mm-hmm. you you really can't tap into this if your if your mind is chattering all the time. You've got to be able to quiet your mind. So that these are some of the things that. Um, are important to educate people about this guidance.
1: Absolutely, and I I love the way you worded that as in, an interdimensional guidance system. That's a great uh, that's a great description. Yeah, absolutely. You know, people sometimes think, as I thought at one point, that. Uh, intuition was only accessible to like special people who were, you know, third generation psychics and, you know, grandma mm-hmm. red tea leaves and that, you know, that whole image. Um, fortunately, that image is being shattered because, yes, this is it's an extension of all of our senses. But you bring up a really good point. It, this is not something that comes, you know, when I do a reading, it's not coming from me. Um, If you want my advice as a person, that's a different thing. But people have to remember, Mm -hmm. it's not really coming from you. You're an instrument of something larger, whatever your culture or religion or spiritual beliefs will call that. Uh, And that's an important distinction because that's like the first step in starting to understand that it's not about we, we can all do this, but it's not about any one of us having all the answers because these aren't answers being generated by our own egos anyway.
0: Yeah, and it's it's interesting because when, um, when you're entering this realm of guidance, um, besides the thing that we were talking about where you have to quiet your mind and not have your own thoughts, you also can't have your own, I guess, wishes and opinions. And um, it's not really a thought, but it's a, a predilection. You have to remain neutral. Um, and that neutrality, uh, I think, is... Is something that um, that we all have to uh, work work at a little bit um, in this in this realm of gathering information and gathering guidance. We can't have uh, strong opinions one way or the other. We just have to be neutral.
1: Yes, and that's that's very true. That's also a tricky state to achieve, where you're not attached to the outcome, um, or you're mm-hmm. not just you know. One of the things that uh, stood out to me when I was uh, undergoing some training to further develop my own intuition um, was the distinction that if something is like loud and, and maybe a little grandiose or extreme or that kind of thing, chances are that's your ego mm-hmm. uh, because right. intuition tends to be a little bit more subtle, which is why we very easily bypass it if we're not paying attention and like you said, we've got to have some degree of mental clarity and, and quieting out our own inner chatter so that we can um, like dip into that deeper layer. Otherwise, we're going off the surface narrative and uh, people sometimes confuse um, intuition with their own emotional reactions. So if you're jumping mm-hmm. from one emotion or one reaction to the next reaction and then confusing it, and thinking, oh, well, this is a sign. I have to follow this or I have to follow that. Um, none of that is is conducive to creating that state that you're talking about, where we get past our own um, agendas and our own fears and our own biases. And we're really being mm-hmm. present for the actual guidance that's coming in. Right. So, you know, for my own
0: personal um, uh, use of this system, there are probably some areas where if I know I'm not neutral, I I really need to just either try to get neutral or just not um, try to access the guidance. So, you know, that's, I try to identify those things where I'm not um, totally neutral, Uh because I think the information coming in is not uh, as accurate, um, and I think that you know, one. What, let's just start at the beginning with the with the exercises that people can do to quiet their mind. Because as we said before, that probably the majority of people still have um, their own thoughts going through their mind, or you know, the, a commentary going on that doesn't mm-hmm. allow the intuitive impressions to stand
1: out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Um, And one of the things that I really struggled with when I was first being introduced to meditation was the, uh, the concept that you have to totally empty out all thoughts. And um, that's what I learned later is that's not the expectation. That's not required. If Mm -hmm. you get there, that's great. Um, But I think of it now as you're slowing down that, That process just enough to um, one of the ways it was described to me is make more space in between thoughts, so you're not fighting with yourself and criticizing and judging yourself for thinking about groceries or the chores you have to do or those kinds of things. Those thoughts are going to be there, but you're creating some space, and that does a couple of things. It it actually does um, it, it actually does help you to relax on a physical and physiological level. It's it's got you know meditation has tremendous health benefits in a number of ways. Uh, but the other thing it does is when you set aside time each day or a space, uh, if you can use the same space each day, whether it's by an altar or in a special chair uh, or in a you know, special part of the room, the more you can make it a consistent routine, you're building, up, you're building up energy, you're building up a certain momentum, and you're signaling to yourself, you know, when I sit in this chair first thing in the morning um, and set my timer for 20 minutes and close my eyes, it's like all of those things are signaling to your system, there's work we're doing now. It's a different kind of work, but there's work we're doing now. Uh, and then it becomes sort of a conditioned response where over time it becomes easier uh, to reach those different states. Now, sometimes when things are stressful, it, it still might be a little bit challenging to carve out that time or to reach those states as quickly, But usually, just like anything else, if you had a goal of, you know, toning muscle and you set a certain time and you go to the gym and your body gets programmed and you're responding to that, Mm -hmm. um, you you get a routine down and and the results are going to be, you know, happening much more efficiently. Um, In terms Mm -hmm. of the spirit connection, though, you're also it's kind of like if you were um, cultivating a new relationship with someone and every Friday night you have a date with that person. So they come to expect mm-hmm. that you're going to be there and you expect that they're going to be there. So think of this also as, you, you know, people can think of it as this is your date with your guides. So they're, they're mm-hmm. counting on you and they're going to show up. They're going to be there. You're going to be more receptive to them because you've developed a consistent relationship with them. You haven't just like, you know, forgotten about them, and then you know it's like that friend that only calls you when they need something. If you're only going to your intuition when you need something and it's an emergency, you're not going to be as clear because you haven't developed that relationship um, to really receive that information. And the other thing that that is beneficial that happens with this practice is you really do start to discern what's my thoughts and feelings versus what does this information look like and feel like when it's coming in, and there is a difference, and it can be very subtle. So mm-hmm. it takes practice over time. Uh, to really develop that awareness of is is that just a thought that popped into my head because I'm worried about a certain topic, or is that mm-hmm. guidance that's coming in?
0: Yeah, there's two things um, I want to just add to that, and that sometimes it's when the information comes. For me, it's mm-hmm. when I first wake up. I will often get impressions, because, you know, I'm kind of groggy when I first wake up. I, I, that's just me. I don't wake up like bright and bushy-tailed like mm-hmm. some people do. So when I get those impressions, when I first wake up, I still have that connection to wherever I was when I was asleep, which is probably Mm -hmm. spiritual. And I'll get certain, like, impressions. Like, um, recently, I had a very, very strong impression that somebody I knew was going to die. And they weren't sick. Well, they weren't, you know, older, they weren't, they were, Mm -hmm. you know, there's no reason to think they would die. And then they did die. Okay, so Mm -hmm. that's kind of the thing that um, I know was coming from this other dimension because, you know, I wouldn't have thought that they were going to die. Uh, right. My thought would have never gone there. But it was like when I first woke up, I got that impression, and then I got it some other times too. And so I know that that is coming from this other realm. And um, that's an extreme example, of course. But but uh, a lot of times in in your guides will want you to know, if someone's going to die unexpectedly, that's that's one of the things that uh, some of the information that often comes through. And then the other thing is the um, so the timing of it, like when you first wake up and other people may have different timings when they're more in tune. Some people say they wake up at three in the morning. Um, that might be a good time to just uh, try to clear your mind and get impressions, because three in the morning, as you know, is a great time to get spiritual mm-hmm. information. But a lot of people don't realize that um, but we're we're more prone to um i guess accepting the information at that time. And uh so basically um the timing that you get the information and also how you get the information. It's a right. small still voice that's not critical that's not um shouting in your ear unless you're you're in personal danger. I wanted to tell a short story about this. I was working mm-hmm. in the burn unit and one of my patients came in. She said she woke up from a Sound sleep, and something was yelling, like literally loud voice. Get out now! So she ran right. out of the house, and as she was running out of the house, she was outside, and then the house exploded. It was a gas explosion. She burned her back, and I was ta- I was the burn surgeon taking care of her back. So obviously, sometimes it'll be louder, like if mm-hmm. it's if they really need to get your attention. <laughs> but um, most of the time, it's not loud. It's not critical. It's not. Um, you know, it's not going to be something that is is um, that type of, uh, uh, and, and it's not sharp. It's not. I mean, there's many things. It's not.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: that that's. I just want to add that because it can. That can help you discern if you're really getting information, the multidimensional information, or if your own mind is is. Um, you know, your your own thoughts are uh, dominant.
1: No, that's a great, those are great examples. Thank you. That's a great description. Yeah, and and the how is it, like you said, the how is very important because, like, I tend to visualize things. I'm more visually oriented. And I think Mm -hmm. in our culture, we do tend to associate this kind of thing with seeing impressions. And so people will sometimes become frustrated because they'll say, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not getting any images or, you know, some people will hear a voice or hear words or Mm -hmm. perceive it you know, through auditory means, but that's not everyone. So basically, you know, our guides are going to use all of our senses, and this is kind of a natural extension of all of, you know, it's like all of our senses, if you imagine that there's – an antenna that goes just a little bit further out that our guides connect to. So sometimes it's a matter of, you know, tasting something or feeling something in your body or, or getting an image or a scene in your mind or mm-hmm. getting a word, or even just sometimes it's this very nebulous thing that is hard to explain, but just this like feeling that mm-hmm. I'm not quite ready to leave the house yet because I forgot something and I don't know what it is, but right. it's like just kind yeah. of this awareness that this is not the time to rushing out the door see, just yeah. yet yeah I have
0: an interesting example of smell that I want to share. Mm. um I was up visiting a friend in North Carolina, and we both walked into the house and the house was really strong smell of rose you know the the scent rose mm. and you know we couldn't really figure it out she had some she had had some small roses there, but they weren't real fragrant you know there were and there weren't very many of them but later on she came out, uh, my friend came out and said, what What do you think that rose smell was? And I said, well, roses are associated with Mother Mary. And then she said, well, why would Mother Mary wanting want to get a hold of us? And I said, well, I know. Mm-hmm. One of my friends who's very much associated with Mother Mary, um, he came into my mind. So I called him and he was very, very sick. And so I um I was familiar with his medical history and he had done something that he shouldn't have done and his his pressure his blood pressure was very very low and he couldn't even get out of bed for a couple of days so what happened is he didn't call me he he should have called me uh, or called a doctor or something but he didn't mm-hmm. and so this mother mary rose smell got me to call him which is very mm-hmm. interesting but it yes. was very 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 that's a, the one time I can say it was um, a smell that was uh, right. that was uh, prompting both of us to question why there was this very strong rose smell
1: in the house oh, that, but that 's an excellent example of this process as a process because like just kind of going through like first you received the sense, which was uh, you know the sense of smell, which you you mm-hmm. know you pointed out for you it's associated with certain things. And that's a key thing that people need to understand is that um, it's not like in some ways it's kind of like doing a Google search because we can access information through our intention, through asking specific questions and things like that. But when they tap us on the shoulder, it's not always clear cut and dried. So it's kind of like you're the detective, you're being given clues. You've got to piece Mm -hmm. the clues together. And where a lot of people, including myself will sometimes make mistakes is if we're in too much of a rush to piece the clues together and we go back into our ego and we start to try to fit the clues into what we want them to be, and we're not letting the process mm-hmm. show us what the clues actually are. So, you know, for you, the scent is yeah, associated with... It's usually something with, you don't
0: know about.
1: You know, mm-hmm. I didn't know
0: that this person was sick, you know. Right. I mean, that's why you can't figure it out a lot of times just with your um what you know. Because big exactly. pieces of it are what you don't
1: know, you know. So you have to be careful. Absolutely. But you know, you know you're being signaled and it's, it's not up to you to figure out the signal. It's up to you to then, um, you know, again, it's like the relationship with your guides. You, you get the first message. Mm -hmm. It's like they text you, but one word at a time. So you get like the first word. Okay. And then you got to wait. Okay. Here's the next word. So Mm -hmm. yeah, you're, you're giving, you know, you're being given clues, but you have to follow all those clues to put it together. And what a lot of folks do is they'll get the first clue and then they'll run with it and, and Mm -hmm. then get, you know, caught up in their head trying to analyze you know, right. what What could this mean about what I, like you said, you don't know that information that this person had been sick, but if you had gotten caught up in mm-hmm. your head trying to analyze, you would have, you know, perhaps not made the phone call to then put the rest of it together.
0: Right, exactly.
1: Well, some people um, correlate the chakras with
0: some of these ways of uh, communication. So the, the solar plexus would be the gut feeling, and I think most people have gut feelings. I, I don't think hardly anybody alive hasn't. You know, turn down an alley or, or done something where they had a bad feeling in their gut that maybe they ought to turn the other way. You know, that's a very, very common. Um, I think even animals have that. You know, they they, they, they they you can see that in some of the animal behaviors, too. So we all have the gut feeling. Then the the other one is uh, more of a higher feeling in the heart. You know, a lot of times I tell people to go to the heart center and feel one way or the other. Feel like say if you have a decision to make, you have right or mm-hmm. left. Feel one way and then feel the other and see if you can feel which which one feels better. And that's kind of a different. It's less of a warning, uh, a survival warning. It's more of a feeling. And right. many people, you know, go on feelings. I mean, that's a, a lot of people go on feelings. And then at the throat, it's the clairaudience or or actually hearing. You're not hearing voices. People say, I hear voices. They're they're not hearing voices. It's thoughts that are different than their thoughts. And a lot of people, um, you know, hear it just in one ear or, you know, there's a whole bunch of different ways that you can develop that. And then uh, clairvoyance is actually clear seeing where you have visions or you see things, you see which way to go. And then mm-hmm. the best one, I think, and I'm sure you'd agree, is, is the crown chakra. That's when you just know something. And you don't know how you know it, but it's 100% you know it's true. And then that's um, that's the one that you can uh, have the least amount of doubt
1: about, I think.
0: Is right. That, uh, the...
1: Although it also depends on the person, because I've, I've known some folks who, because they're really, really analytical, if they have mm-hmm. that just knowing sense, although you can trust it, um, it's hard for some people to trust it because it it doesn't give them enough concrete clues, and that's where you know developing your intuition is a process yeah. of developing, you know, you develop your ability to trust yourself, and that you know that helps mm-hmm. to um, work through that that issue of being like, okay, well, prove it to me, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because the fact <laughs> that you feel it isn't isn't enough proof for you. Yeah. Well, let me tell tell you a story
0: um, that is hilarious number one and number two shows how if you have a doubt about something you can ask um back uh years ago i had a friend who was a physician and she wanted to borrow some money but just observing her i would see that she didn't work very hard she she spent a lot of money she took vacations all the time and i so i asked you know i just asked the universe should i lend her the money please give me a sign and um I was watching Saturday Night Live and somebody put up a sign on Saturday Night Live that said, I've spent all my money, give me some of yours <laughs> so Oh my god. I called her up and I told her I couldn't I couldn't uh lend her money and then she never spoke to me again. But anyway, oh. so so well no, I mean you can ask for a sign and I thought it was hilarious because the universe actually gave me a sign <laughs> with that, with the answer on it. So um, that's awesome. these are the fun things you can do, you know. So instead right. of asking yes or no or whatever, I just
1: said, well, give me a sign, you know, and that was a sign. Absolutely. So. And that's another way to develop, you know, when people are developing their intuition. It's okay to ask for signs and to just be on the lookout for them. And it's okay to ask for confirmation mm-hmm. because, again, right. we're, we're given the signals, but then we interpret them. And, you know... We, we really have to know ourselves and we really have to know our own our triggers and our, our, our you know challenges that we're going through uh, because, for example, using that example, let's say let's say I was in that same circumstance where I'm looking for a sign whether I should loan this person money or not, and then I see that mm-hmm. uh, that's hysterical, you know, seeing the sign on on the show. Okay. Um, I might interpret that because maybe I haven't dealt with the fact that I feel guilty or I have my own issues with money or whatever. Mm-hmm. I might interpret that as, oh, that's a sign that I do need to give that person money. So it's you know <laughs> we're we're constantly being guided, but we have to when we're doing. Um, any kind of intuitive work, we have to really understand how to discern from our our ego, how to, um, Mm -hmm. you mentioned people trusting emotions, which is important, but we have to have some understanding of where our unresolved emotional issues are because then we might just be reacting Mm -hmm. on, you know, do I feel guilty or, you know, am I feeling responsible for that person? And all of that stuff fogs up our view of, of what the guidance is that we're being given. I wanted to tell you about um,
0: this situation. This has happened more than one time, but I noticed it, and it was very, very interesting, and other people may have a similar circumstance. Whenever I I have a very strong emotion that has no reason to be that way, I'll give you an example. Then I have found that my emotion is absolutely true, but I find out later why I reacted that way. I'll give you an example. I used to have meditation in my home, and I don't know, maybe 10 or 15 people would come over to meditate. And I answered the door one day, and this one person was there. And I had a very, very strong negative emotion toward that person, okay? And I had no reason to. I mean, none Mm -hmm. whatsoever. And so later on, I found out that that person had really betrayed somebody and done something really, really bad, okay? Okay. So my emotional reaction was appropriate, but, of course, I hadn't had the knowledge about what happened. And I didn't really know this person, so it it didn't come from any prior opinions or, you know, anything that I would have known. But it's happened several times. When I have a very strong negative emotion, especially towards somebody, for no reason, then later on I get the information about why that emotional reaction. It's kind of like leading with the emotion. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is sometimes the emotional reaction is like stronger than, say, I would normally have just if some of, you know, I had like a friend betray me or something like that. It's, It's just a very interesting thing that the emotion is leading me, telling me that there's a problem.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. It's like trying to get your attention. And even like, let's say, Mm -hmm. maybe if a friend had just disclosed that to you, you probably wouldn't have had that much of a reaction. Right. But that's right. That's your intuition just saying, pay attention. Yeah, there's something here. And sometimes that's all we get is like a hint, like pay attention, there's something to this. And then we have to just let things unfold to find out what that is exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah. And a lot of times you just have to be patient. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's that's very true. You can't um, like... I was not supposed to go investigate anything. It was going to come to me. You know, it came to me within a 24-hour period. What had happened, but you know, I I think that um, it's just a warning. Just like be careful about this one. You know, just just watch this situation, and then the other information comes later on, so you understand why you would have that emotion. So, if you're not, if you're, if you suddenly have an emotion that's out of place, then just Ask for guidance, be patient, and I think that the answers will come. And then you'll see, you know, maybe, um, you know, maybe it'll keep you from doing a business deal with that person or, you know, whatever. But it'll it'll keep you more safe because you're aware that there's some problem.
1: Yes, absolutely. And that, that's a really important point: is that it's it's a communication that is happening, but it's happening in a more prolonged way than we're used to when we're so used to mm-hmm. instant gratification. So sometimes people will jump to conclusions like, for instance, um, this, this will happen all the time. I'll have people contact me and they'll say, oh, I had a dream about so-and-so that I dated 20 years ago. What does this mean? Does this mean we're twin flames? I'm supposed to contact them. We're supposed to, you know, all these things because mm-hmm. we're jumping so far ahead. Instead of just, okay, well, there's a signal there. There's some kind of connection that, that exists. Right. Um, but we have to just kind of let things unfold to get the next clue you know, that's going to come in. And you know, mm. especially like when, when there are things that have uncomfortable emotions associated with them, sometimes people don't know what to do. Oh, is this a warning? Am I supposed to call this person? Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. in many cases, if you call somebody out of the blue and you're like, Oh, I have this premonition that, you know, something horrible is going to happen to you. Okay. Have a nice day. I just wanted to tell you that that's, that's not entirely, (laughs) that's not totally productive. There's other ways to maybe check in on them or, you know, like you mentioned earlier, just kind of get in touch, see what's going on and then let the rest of the clues fall into place. Yeah, I want to t- talk about the only time in my
0: life that that happened, because um, I don't, I don't have uh, prophetic dreams about other people that often. But I had a friend in college. We went to different medical schools, and while I was in medical school, I had a dream that she was murdered on a ski trail, and so I called her up and I said, "Are you planning to go skiing?" She said, "Yeah, I'm going to go to Colorado," and it was in Colorado. I said, well, I don't mean to – and she knew that I was into the intuitive world. I said, I don't mean to, you know, scare you or anything, but I did have a dream, and it was pretty vivid, that you were murdered on a ski trail. And she said, thank you for telling me. And so she ended up not going. Now, years later, she came down to visit me in Atlanta, and um, we went out to dinner, and she said, "Um, do you remember that time you called me? And I said, yeah. She said, well, you know, if you look at – Um, the FBI profiling stuff, there was a serial killer in Mm. that area that I was going to, but we didn't know that at the time. You know, it was just later that he was caught. He was the one that was stuttered all the time, and he's in the profile thing. So, you know, whether or not that would have happened, I don't know. But she said to me, I feel like you saved my life because I didn't go skiing. Okay. So that was, you know, um, that at least she feels that, and and I had read the profiling stuff too, and it is true that they did have and during that time frame they had a a serial killer in um, on the ski trails, but um, so basically, uh, you know who knows? I mean I, I don't know for sure that that was going to happen but i don't have prophetic dreams very often and i certainly have never called anybody up and told them not sure to do something based on the dream i had yeah that's the only time i did it. so it's not like it happens all the time so i tend to think that maybe there was some danger there now what it might not have been from a serial killer it might have been something else i don't know mm-hmm. but she ended up not going and at least she felt that that was um the right decision to make so um uh, right. and and Prophetic dreams are different than regular dreams, I I will say that, that there's a different quality to them. Mm -hmm. So if you've got a dream where you just see somebody and it's kind of, you know, busy like dreams are, and there's a lot of different components and they jump from place to place, it may not be a prophetic dream. Prophetic dreams tend to be very clear, very, um, you know, I I don't know, just
1: different. Right. I find that to be the case as well and and it's you know when you pay attention to various dreams or just like signs when you're awake you you come mm-hmm. to understand for yourself the difference between something that is literally significant versus something that is symbolically significant versus something that is your own projection onto a situation there, there is, you know, like you said, that particular dream you had really stood out because you don't typically have dreams like that. Now, if you were someone that, you know, all the time was dreaming about um, like, you know, extreme things happening, then you might look and say, okay, well, this, this right. is just kind of yeah. the way that my, you know, guides communicate with me is through these extreme symbols and I'm not going to, you know, get all, you know, riled up every single time, because this is just, there's, there's something else that's being communicated here. But yeah, when it has a different quality, it feels more realistic, um, or it's a dream Mm -hmm. that's repeating. There's, there's ways that they're getting our attention. It's just a matter of, again, Mm -hmm. like really knowing yourself and knowing, you know, and also knowing the language that your guides use with you. I mean, you're, you're a doctor, you're a healer. So I would imagine that more of the intuition that comes to you has to do with things that you're your gifts and your talents are aligned with perhaps about illnesses or people's well-being right. or their health or things like that, because it's like spirit saying, okay, these are talents that you've already developed. So we're going to tap into you and, and give you this knowledge so that you can then, um, do the work that you're already doing, but do it on a deeper level.
0: Right. That's true.
1: And like,
0: sometimes I will, um, do surgery in the dream state especially if I'm not sure exactly how to do something. Maybe I'm doing a surgery that's never been done before. So I'll do it three or four different ways, sometimes even more. And when I wake up, I know exactly how I'm going to do it. So the dream state can be used to um, decide, uh, like, techniques, you know, what what would be best. I think Mm -hmm. that we can try different things out in the dream state and see how they go. Um, So, you know, it it can be utilized for practical means, too. And... And like I was saying with the, my friend who I called, she took the advice. I mean, she right. had no trouble whatsoever, didn't argue. Did, I mean, she just said, I'm going to cancel the trip, okay? So that's the other thing. You know, if if you're guided to call somebody and they have that kind of reaction, then it's much easier for me to believe that that was, you know, a divine guidance right. type of thing, you know, because it was so easy. It was so you know it was so um in tune nobody got upset with anybody or you know it was it was just easy so that's the other wow. thing when when it's
1: when, when a, it's real difficult when
0: you've got a lot of roadblocks you've got to begin to question is this really for the highest and best for everybody
1: Right. Uh, that's an important thing, too, because you might have a message for somebody and they're not ready to hear it, whether it's yeah. accurate or not. And so it's important for people to realize when your intuition is being activated, you're simply being asked to be a messenger. You're, you're not, you know, it's not your responsibility to, you know, try to mi- you know, micromanage the outcome. You've passed along the information and sometimes that's all you can do. Yeah. Think about all the people that, I, I met
0: one of them, but uh, think about all the people that had a premonition about the um, World Trade Center coming down. Mm. Um, I was actually operating on this guy in the ER. He had uh, ripped his ear open. He was a construction worker, and for some reason people confided in me. I don't know why, I guess, because um, they just feel they can. So I was fixing his ear, and he said, I want to tell you something. He said, I had a dream two weeks ago that the um, the." The Twin Towers collapsed.
1: Mm-hmm. And, of course,
0: this was after the, it did. This was right after in the same week. And I thought that was fascinating that he had had that premonition. You know, it's right. it's like you almost have to wonder, is it just up in the ethers and that people who are able to just just kind of cherry pick it? Or, you know, I mean, I understand when, you know, you have a dream about not to do something because you're going to be in mm-hmm. a horrible car wreck and you stay home instead. That's a personal one. But what right. about all these people who have the, who saw the Twin Towers come down and it was exactly like what was on the TV? You know, I mean, it, you know, they're sitting there watching and going, wait a minute, I had this dream two weeks ago. Isn't that right.
1: fascinating? It is. And there's actually, oh gosh, there's a book and I can't recall the name of it, um, but they talk about different events like that. Because you're right, there's a difference between personal guidance, and then the collective guidance of, you know, pay attention, something's mm-hmm. about to happen on a large scale. Uh, but there's, mm-hmm. there's actually studies about, um, I think when the book was written, it was before then, so it didn't include that exact example. Uh, mm-hmm. But there are numerous people that had premonitions or that just, you know, weren't feeling well. Stated. Like the tsunamis, people had right.
0: premonitions about the Indonesian tsunami. Right. You know. Any, any very large thing that's really going to get in the collective consciousness. Um, people do have prophetic dreams, and um, uh, and they often don't know what to do with this information. That can be
1: unsettling. Yeah, I used to have, it there can, was a time yeah. when I was having uh, premonition dreams about extreme weather events. Some of it was local to my area, some of it was a little bit mm-hmm. farther away, and one of the dreams actually included a date. And on the one hand, I woke up and I'm like, okay, can you like help me that specific with like something I can do something about? <laughs> um, right, but after, yeah. <laughs> it, it was very unsettling. And the one thing that was yeah. good about it is the dreams would often tell me this is going to happen, but you're going to be in the clear of it. So that was helpful. Right, but after a yeah. while, I, you know, we can also, we can also, um, uh, not bargain, what's the word I want to use? We can, we can negotiate with our guides a little bit. You know, after a while I said, okay, can, mm-hmm. can you just kind of steer me toward things that I really need to know about? Because either I really need to know or I can do something about it because this is all really entertaining, but it's <laughs> like there's nothing I can do about this. Um, and sometimes yeah. it will still happen, but for a while it was happening you know, pretty steadily. And it can be very Mm -hmm. unsettling because then you wake up and you're like, okay, do I not leave the house? Like, do I try, you know, do I pack stuff and plan to evacuate? Um, And and in a lot of cases, it was just no, Just you know, this is going to happen. But I I do Mm -hmm. agree with you. I think there's something that collectively people maybe even unintentionally have tapped into because it is, for whatever reason at that time, their their frequency is at a certain place and they're just attuned to that type of event or that specific event, whether they're personally involved with it or not. Mm-hmm. And, and it could be something like um, I think there were studies about like train crashes or it was mm-hmm. either train or airplane crashes that um, there tend to be a higher number of crashes when there aren't a lot of bookings, and the, the theory was that there may be something on a on a premonition level that keeps people away, or there was another example of, like, a church that, that caught fire. was true fire. 9-11. Yeah.
0: Right,
1: right. Not, not that like, many people showed up for work. Yeah. Right, yeah, there's there's some thought that, like, there might have been some kind of signal that third people, and they might not have consciously thought of it as, like, oh, I think there's going to be this horrible thing that happens today, so I'm going to just not go into work, but it's more like something else, Interfere. Right. um and there's yeah. with fires and things yeah, like I that too. Yeah, I think that's too. really
0: true. I think that your own individual stuff comes in. Some people's alarms don't go off, and so they miss the plane mm-hmm. or, like, I read some of the stuff on nine eleven. They decided to run a certain errand that morning because it. Mm-hmm. I think it happened around nine nine thirty. So you know, right. if you were just late for work, uh, you would have missed it. Oh, I wanted to say one thing about nine eleven. I didn't have any premonitions, any dreams, nothing, but. I, I don't normally have the radio on, so I didn't know anything about it. I was driving into work. I had a 10 o'clock surgery, and I had to stop the car, and it was exactly as the first tower went down. Oh. And I got out of the car and threw up. I mean, And I've mm-hmm. never done that, ever. I mean, I've never stopped the car and thrown up, <laughs> ever, mm-hmm. except when the tower was going down. So whatever was happening in the realm where we're collective, hit me in the solar plexus so hard that i i had to stop the car and throw up right so that was weird right.
1: <laughs> but that's also a good example of how sometimes our bodies could even be physically reacting to something and just right. because of and the and way I wasn't we're geared aware
0: what it was until i went in and saw the tv at, at, at yeah. the office yeah i didn't know and in that
1: case you had the radio from
0: on or anything yeah yeah. Right. But, but that right. Had at least that. you got I to mean, get Why the else would I be throwing up? You know, at that point in time. You know? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of a solar plexus reaction. So. Right. um And then I had another time when I was going through the underground of a falls. There was a tunnel underneath the uh, falls in North Georgia, mm-hmm. and I stopped. I was on a tour, and I stopped, and I just got really sick, really dizzy, and I asked the guide. I said, "Who died here?" And mm-hmm. he said, 27 people died here. <laughs> so oh, my gosh. It was exactly the point where they had died, too. They got trapped in one area, and they died. Mm-hmm. So, But that, you know, all of a sudden, it just overwhelms me, and I just, you know, I know somebody died there because I didn't know 27 people died. Right. But, um Yeah, but so when you get sudden nausea, when you get sudden Physical illness ailment, ailment that have no other reason. Sometimes it's just you're picking up on the energy of the area, or in the case of nine eleven, it was the energy that was like permeating the probably the planet. But
1: right, exactly. It's just interesting. I,
0: I don't know. You know, I don't know exactly how that gets. Um, how are we connected? We know we're connected, right? I mean, we, we're taught that we're connected. We know that, but these are kind of proof that we're connected, and we're right. connected throughout time, too. I mean, you know, it's like if you go to a Civil War battlefield or an area where a bunch of miners died, then you can have the symptoms of that.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. And the more that people start to recognize it, um, it it can be overwhelming for some people, and some people can, you know, start to think, oh, you know, I don't know what to do with all these signals, and then, you know, panic and Mm -hmm. shut it down and cut off from it, which, you know, we don't have to stop, you know, and, and and retreat and go backwards, we can learn ways to have filters and boundaries or recognize that, you know, there's ways to access information that's for our highest good or there's ways to access information that's from a source that is a reliable helper versus just being mm-hmm. open to, you know... Any info, you know, it's kind of like if you turn on a radio, there's some stations you want to listen to. There's some stations that play garbage. You get to decide which one you're tuning into. But if we don't, you know, for me, that's why intuition connects with empowerment, because if we're just going on autopilot and not paying attention to these things, it's the equivalent of just channel surfing. And if you kind of land on one channel for a little while, that's what you're stuck listening to, whether it's your best Mm -hmm. information or your best guidance or not. So we can um, empower ourselves by consciously understanding how to tap into that so that we're only tuning in with things that are going to be helpful and you know in some cases like what you described you have a lot of sensitivity and and probably also connecting with the work that you do you have a lot of sensitivity to people's experiences and their health and and maybe even their suffering Um, and some folks are just going to be very sensitive to certain issues some people are very sensitive to animals or to children or um, I have a friend who, before somebody passes, even if he hasn't talked to them in years, he'll dream about them, and so that's kind of his clue that something, either they're about mm-hmm. to the pass or something big has changed in their life. It, you know, and mm-hmm. we all kind of have our different things that um, we'll have kind of easier access to, but it's a matter of, you know, how do we develop this further for our own empowerment so that we're in the driver's seat and not just subject to the formula, this is what I need to do with my life because this is what everybody else has done and this is what I've been told I have to do and that kind of thing.
0: And when you're first entering the, you know, if you're starting a meditative or a spiritual practice and you're starting to open up and you're starting to get um, these uh, sensations and, you know, like maybe being sensitive to other people's pain, um, know that when you're first starting to open up, you may be more vulnerable. And then later on, you can kind of shut it down and just get the signal but not, you know, not get so nauseated, for example, or so, you know, like pick up somebody's pain. I used to – I remember talking to my father one day, and he had hip bursitis. And um, then all of a sudden, I had hip bursitis, and he was fine. So I didn't know what to do, so I took a Motrin. <laughs>
1: but later on, right. I would
0: I would know how to release that pain, you know, because that's one of the things you do as a healer is that you can actually, through the telephone, don't ask me how, you can take somebody's pain on if you connect with them. And mm-hmm. then, of course, you need to know how to release it. But at that point in time, I didn't know how to release it yet. So I was like, Limping around, that my father was doing fine, Aww. which is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but he was fine, right?
1: I figured right. it out later,
0: you know. I didn't have to take the Motrin. So right, <laughs> but that happens not a lot. Good for you to pop Motrin, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, but yeah, so, you know, you you have to, like I said, when you're first opening up, it can be overwhelming, especially if you get. Um, in the same room with somebody who's very, very ill, you can actually Mm -hmm. collapse. So, um, but you have to know how not to take that energy on. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, at first it seems like it's, it just comes on. You're, you're not doing anything. Mm -hmm. But later on you, you discover how to, you know, put those boundaries up so that you're not, you know, hurting yourself during the process.
1: Right. Right. I also find that when we're do, when we're going through any kind of major shifts, Uh, whether it's opening up intuitively or, you know, spiritual development, you know, it's it's always the, you know, oh, this is so wonderful. We're going to be enlightened and and love everybody. And that's great. But you're also going through your own healing, which means stuff that you thought you had dealt with is going to come to the surface. And the way it's been Mm -hmm. described to me is, that's helping you to refine. You know, if if your body and your senses are your instrument, that's helping you to refine the instrument by having to kind of dredge up stuff and and release it and deal with it. All that stuff, if you're not right. paying attention to it, is the stuff that's going to get in the way of your perceptions. Um, and then once it's cleared and released and and you know we let it go, um, the our, our instrument is more clear and, and our perceptions are mm-hmm. going to be more accurate because we don't have this murky stuff that we're walking around in that we've been, you know, stewing in subconsciously for, for years.
0: Right. That's very true.
1: So um, is there any other
0: guidance you can give people on this uh, uh, intuition development? Course? Well, one thing that
1: what we, we alluded all to but um, one thing we kind of alluded to, but I think it's it's good to uh, mention again, is that when information comes to you, it's usually, usually, I mean, sometimes it will be literal, you know, don't go to work today or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But usually it's more of a symbolic nature and we've mentioned that it's subtle. But, you know, one of the things that's a good practice in addition with the meditation, quieting your mind, recognizing what's your thought process versus what are not your typical thought processes um, mm-hmm. you also want to start looking at things symbolically. And I started to develop my intuition a lot using tarot cards. So I went from tarot cards mm-hmm. to then branching out and working more directly with spirit guides. Um, and again, I'm more of a visual person, so this may work for certain folks. It may not work as well for certain folks. Um, mm-hmm. But the same as if you're, if you're in a museum or you're in, a, in an art gallery and you're looking at paintings and in your mind you're making up a story about what this painting means. That's the same process when you use a tarot card or an oracle card. And even when you're you know, taking a walk and you're seeing things around you in nature, and then you say, okay, well, I associate, like you said earlier about the, the rose scent. You know, look at, Pay attention to what you associate with certain things. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of you know, interesting you know, symbolism dictionaries and dream dictionaries. And not to put down anybody who creates those, But really, again, if this is, if this is our own empowerment, our, our best understanding of the symbols that our guides use for us is going to come from your own association. So if, you know, if I associate dog with certain things when I see dogs or dream about dogs, that's, you know, that's my, that's my cue. And it's kind of like Mm -hmm. the game charades that some folks might have played when you were kids where somebody has to like act something out and you try to figure out what what the word or the, the, the phrase or whatever is because they're giving you these these cues but they're not directly telling you. Um mm-hmm. intuition is kind of like spirit playing charades with you. And so you have right. to figure out what you know what's the symbol, what's the meaning behind it, not always take things at face value.
0: I have an interesting story about that. Um, when I first started to practice, I did I had made the mistake of trying to do a budget and it was a mistake because it you know, it made me frightened. Mm-hmm. So I went home, and it was at night, and I was guided to open the front door, which I don't use. I come in through the garage. And in the front door was this giant spider web with this big spider on it, which is weird, you know, because it, I mean, it really gets your attention, right? So I closed the door, and then I hear, go look in your Zoller's Dream um, whatever dictionary or whatever, the Zoller's Dream Guide. So I went and got my dream book, and I looked it up, and it says, Seeing a Spider at Night is Prosperity. Mm. So that's nice. an example of being guided to go look in your dream book. Right. I had no idea right. What a spider. I mean, to me, a spider is not a not a real pleasant thing, you know. Ah. But evidently, um, the the guidance was to go look in the Zola's dream dictionary. So in that right. hilarious, and I wasn't even dreaming. I was just, uh, I was just seeing this giant spider. And the next day, it was gone. It was like it, it, when I came around and looked, it was totally gone. The spider wasn't there anymore. Mm. So that's like nature giving you a sign. You know, right, and
1: that happens the all the time, and, web. It, and it's something that stood out to you. That that can happen all the time. Like oh, we're yeah. we're surrounded, and it's something that stood out to you. It you know it wasn't something you know my my sense is that you might not have the most friendly association well, with those with those critters, no, but it stood out to you. It got kind it got of your attention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially a
0: big one, and especially yeah. right in your doorway. You know, your main doorway to your house. I mean, I don't know what feng shui means about it. And it says about that, but I'm not sure that that's good. <laughs> but anyway, the only the only thing was go look in your Zoller's dream dictionary, and so that was what you know. And I, you know, I didn't know that I would if I. I would have had a much more negative connotation for right. that. But so your guides use what they know you have, like they knew I had mm-hmm. the dream dictionary. They do something they'll they'll guide you to go somewhere and do something you normally don't do. And um then you know it's guidance because, you know, I'd never opened a door at, you know, two in the morning before, you know.
1: Right, exactly. I mean, and of course, people have to practice some common sense. If, if you're getting a you know a hunch that you should go rob a bank, that's probably not your spirit guide, or <laughs> probably, probably not the spirit really guide you want to be listening, listening to. Door. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, this is something I normally do, but you're right, it's, it's a matter of trusting them. So um, yeah. earlier this past year, it was the anniversary of the date that my godfather passed away, and he, he works with me a lot, so... It was Mm -hmm. like late at night and I suddenly had this, like, I could, I just became totally restless and I felt like I needed to go drive to this certain place that's like about an hour away, but that was a, a significant place to him. And I'm like mm-hmm. trying to ignore it. Like, okay, yeah, whatever. I'm tired. I, you know, it's winter. I'm not yeah. driving at night. Forget it. And it wouldn't go away. So I'm like, okay, you know, trusting spirit, let me get in the car, go drive. And I had this experience and it was a worthwhile experience that resulted at the end of the night with me getting pulled over by a state trooper because one of my brake lights was out and I didn't know. Really? Um, and, and it was yeah. a trip trying to explain to them why I was out in the middle of the night, you know, an hour, right. away, from where I, <laughs> an yeah. hour away from where I live. Um yeah, But I think part of the experience, you know, there were a few things that came out of that, but I do also think part of it was a warning about be, even being pulled over because the following mm-hmm. week, I think it was, I had a road trip planned and perhaps mm-hmm. would have had, you know, a, a worse consequence of having a light out. And it's right. just like, hey, and, yeah. and he had a sense of humor, so I wouldn't put it past him to... <laughs> <laughs> to have well, been yeah, maybe it was that your other brake light, you know,
0: I mean, if your brake lights go out completely, it can be a problem. It really can. Mm-hmm.
1: Right, um, right. So I mean, in some ways it's like, okay, maybe in a, in a funny roundabout way looking out for me. But, you know, yeah, sometimes we'll get an urge to to get up and look at something or check something or do mm-hmm. something or call somebody we don't usually call. And it's, it's trusting spirit enough to um, sometimes inconvenience ourselves a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, again, it's speaking of it like a relationship. If you have a friend that you're cultivating a relationship with, you know, you do go out of your way sometimes. And and sometimes you don't, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not immediately for you, but you're going out of your way for them.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, we're coming up on the end of our hour. Would you like to give your contact information again?
1: Sure. My website is intuitiveangela.com and my email is intuitiveangela at gmail.com. Well, great. Um,
0: well, uh, is there any words of wisdom you would like to give the listening audience?
1: Well, I guess this just as a, as a wrap-up would be, you know, it's really important to trust yourself, to believe that you have this ability to do this, and the more you practice uh, and, and are just paying attention and open and aware, the more you're going to start to see things line up. That's true.
0: Well, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. It's been a great conversation. Oh, thank
1: you. It's always a pleasure. Thank you for having me again.
0: Well, we've been interviewing Angela Kaufman, Practical Intuition for Personal Empowerment. Um, please try some of the things that were mentioned today and, and uh, especially um, the things that can point toward the fact that this is actually guidance rather than just uh, your own thoughts. That's very important. Next week, please join us with Dr. Eric Love. Um, the, talking about the Bach flower remedies, and the week after that, Elena Mann's um, a book called Soul, Soul Dog. Thank you very much for joining us. This is Dr. Susan Kald. Please join us next week.